Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. And I want to take a second to remind you of something that is very important to me. And that is the fact that this Primal Potential is your show. Yours. I am on this journey with you to help you. I am in your corner and genuinely want to help you reach your goals. Because I know how isolating and how frustrating it can be. I struggled with my weight my whole life, and I felt very alone almost all the time. Like nobody else got it, and I didn't feel comfortable talking to people about it because of the fear that they wouldn't get it. But I have been in those dark places, and I don't want you to ever feel how I felt. So if there is something I can do to help you, or there is something you want me to cover on the podcast that would help you overcome a challenge you're having, tell me. This is not my platform to tackle whatever I feel like sharing, though sometimes I do that. This is a platform to help you help yourself, to help you change your life and step into your potential to help you get out of your own way. And I take that really seriously. So never hesitate to email me and absolutely never hesitate to head over to the show notes on primalpotential.com and just leave a quick comment with a topic that would be helpful for you. And I really hope that you feel and know how sincere I am in that, that I really am in this with you and you are not alone And I am 100% here to help you in any way that I can. Before we dive into today's show, just a quick heads up that the waitlist for the spring fat loss fast track is now up. So if you want to get on the waitlist for the next fat loss fast track that'll launch sometime in the spring, I don't know dates yet, just go over to primalpotential.com and hit the work with me tab on the top of the page and you'll see a place where you can drop in your name and email address so that you are on the waitlist for the next Fat Loss Fast Track. All right, today, hot topic time, loaded one for sure. I want to talk about why there is so much conflicting nutrition information and what to do about it, because I know how frustrating that is for so many of you and that lots of people feel paralyzed or irritated by all of the conflicting nutrition information. 
a scary documentary comes out saying you need to be a vegan and animal products are killing us. And then another one says that vegetables are full of arsenic and other poisons. And it can be really frustrating, but it doesn't have to be. So I want to clear this stuff up today, and I hope that you will consider sharing this episode with somebody who feels confused or annoyed by all the conflicting information. The reality, the big picture that I want everybody to come back to, and it's easy to lose sight of, is there's conflicting information on every topic. How much conflicting financial advice is there? Said another way, how many different ways are there to make money? More than one? Absolutely. More than a hundred? Yeah, for sure. And how many extreme and opposite opinions are there in politics? The dichotomy and variability of opinion is everywhere. We have to find what is true for us. I think we're approaching all of this wrong. I really do. The arguing over is vegan right, is keto right, is paleo right, low carb, high carb. I honestly believe in my heart that we are approaching it so wrong. We're valuing methods, tactics over principles. We're arguing for approaches instead of identifying the principles by which we want to make choices about food and our bodies and our health. And I, the other day, shared with my master's club and fat loss fast track clients a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, and I'm sharing it with you guys today before we dive into the nitty gritty of these different opinions and research and all of that stuff, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to think about these differences and these methods and these tactics and all the variability. I want you to think about it differently. I want you to break out of confusion and obsession and start to look for and practice principles. So this Ralph Waldo Emerson quote says, as to methods, there may be a million and then some but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. I'm going to read that again because I know sometimes it takes a little bit for it to sink in. As to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. And most people approach nutrition from the perspective of methods. Is it low carb, low fat, high fat, high protein, keto, vegan, vegetarian? The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. And many of those people have trouble. But then it says, there may be a million methods, but principles are few. We could so much more successfully choose our own methods if we were clear on some principles. And we talk a lot about those principles here on the podcast. Things like, I eat foods I love that love me back. When that is your principle, the method becomes much easier to choose because where in all of the different methods... Can I find a way, an approach that for me is eating foods I love that love me back? Not just foods I enjoy, but foods that make me feel really great and foods that help me make progress towards my goals. Another principle would be 
I make choices that make me feel my best. When you do that, it's easier to select the method. Giving a personal example there, I could read for months all the different pro and con arguments for dairy. But because I have this principle of eating foods I love that love me back, because I have this principle of making choices that make me feel my best, I know that dairy makes me retain water and makes my face break out. So whether the arguments in favor of it or against it are true or untrue, my principle, doing what makes me feel my best, makes the method really easy to choose. I minimize dairy. I don't have it very often. And you'll see, too, that that's not a black and white decision. I'm not anti-dairy. I just know that for me, it doesn't make me feel my best. And so it's not off limits, but I certainly minimize it. Another principle is simply I pay attention to what works for my body. That allows you to understand, do I feel my very, very best when I'm following this low-fat approach or when I'm following a higher-fat approach? What makes me feel my best? What does my body respond to? And then also understanding that that will very likely change as your hormones change, as your body composition changes, as your health goals change. We don't have to commit. We're not getting married to a method. We can adjust based on our bodies, based on our goals, based on our needs. Beyond that, the big picture is ultimately that there is more than one right way. Just like there's more than one right way to make money. The right way is going to depend on the individual we're talking about and their goal and their needs and their hormone and their age, right? I've shared before and I'll share it again. One of my primary objectives with Primal Potential and my voice in this space is to move people away from the notion that if one way is right, that means there must be a way that is wrong. Guys, keto can be right and veganism can be right for the individual or their goal or even for the same person at different times in their life with their differing goals and their differing hormonal states. There is not just one right way because it's so individual. There's more than one way to eat healthy. And there's more than one way to improve your personal health. We're just looking to find the way that works for us. And keep in mind that it is not a commitment. You are not in a monogamous forever relationship with the method or the way you choose to eat. I've tried it all. And I'll probably try it all again because I know for sure that over, let's say, even just the last five years, my hormones have changed dramatically. My fitness has changed dramatically. My workout volume has changed dramatically. My age has changed, though we won't go so far as to say dramatically. It's just a few years. I'm not old and neither are you. But you might find that right now, a primal way of eating is really working for you and you feel amazing. But a year from now, you want to see how you feel with vegetarianism or veganism. And that might work for you for a season. There might be more than one thing that works for you. But you got to be consistent with it, right? Your goals are going to change. Your needs are going to change. Your metabolism is going to change. Your health is going to change. Somebody emailed me the other day 
actually, they texted me and said, hey, I'm trying to decide between a keto approach and a primal approach, which is better. And I explained to them that it totally depends on them. There is no a keto approach is better than a primal approach across the board for everybody. Start with what do you love to eat? That's a big part of it. If you love fruit and you believe that that is an important part of balance for you and it's something you look forward to every single day, well, that's an important consideration. The person that texted me, they're lactose intolerant. So that's a factor in determining the best approach for them because if they decide to take a keto approach, then they have far fewer options eating in a keto style when you take cheese and butter and cream and full-fat yogurt off the table. It also depends on how much time and energy you want to put into it. You know, if you're going to take a keto approach, you do have to be a little bit more nuanced in how many carbs you're eating and how much protein you're eating because too much on either of those fronts can take you out of ketosis, whereas primal is much more loose and broad. And in episode 389, I talk about the difference between primal and keto. If you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, that would be a good place to go. And I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. So some people do better with a more rigid approach, clear definitions, and other people want more flexibility. Another consideration is something like, how sensitive are you to carbohydrates? A lot of people can see dramatic results and feel totally energized having something like sweet potato every day or oats. I'm not that person. And because I'm not attached to the method, but I'm approached to the I'm attached to the principle and really paying attention to what makes me feel the best, I know that if I have a sweet potato, I want to take a nap. And if I have something like oats, I'm going to retain a lot more water and I'm not going to feel as focused and clear-headed. So those things are off the table for me, but they're not off the table for, say, my mom, who feels really good when she's incorporating things like that. It doesn't make her approach right and my approach wrong. It's about what is right for you, not just in terms of results, but also in terms of the foods you love and what is sustainable for you to do overall. You might really respond well to a very low-carb, high-fat diet, but you don't want to eat that way. And so you might do it for a couple of days, but then you don't do it for a few more days. And because it doesn't match your preferences, it's not the right approach for you. Because this isn't hypothetical. This is about what you will actually do consistently over a period of time. The other thing we lose sight of, guys, is that there's a middle ground. It's not either I eat this way or I eat that way. We can find a middle ground. I'm just sticking with this example of primal versus keto, but, you know, we could be talking about this with veganism and primal. There's a middle ground there. And I think for me personally, I live very much in that middle ground between vegetarian style and primal style because the biggest component of my personal diet is vegetables. And I think of meat more as like a a side dish or the smallest portion of my meal, whereas vegetables and fats from uh, vegetable sources like coconut, like avocado, like macadamia nuts are a bigger part of my meal. So it's not either, I mean, it certainly can be either or, 
but it doesn't have to be either or. You can choose a middle ground. You just have to be asking, what is your goal? Is your primary goal fat loss? Is your primary goal to improve your blood sugar or decrease your cholesterol? Is your primary goal um, workout performance and strength building? Is it having more energy? Is it kicking sugar cravings? Your goal has tremendous bearing on the approach that you choose. For example, if you want to kick your dependence and your desire for sugar, then that means very different things for somebody whose primary goal is fat loss. Because we can lose fat doing something like the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, which is absolutely a method. I detail it in episode 195. But having fruit in the evening or a sweet potato with your dinner might not be the best approach if your primary goal is to kick your sugar cravings. So it's not that one approach is right and one approach is wrong. It's what do you really want? And do you want more wiggle room or less wiggle room? Do you prefer a very rigid approach to food where you don't have to make a lot of decisions? Or do you want more freedom and flexibility? Have you tried the approach you're considering before? And what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? What was hardest? And what would you do differently this time to create a different result? And most importantly, maybe, don't lose sight of the simple low-hanging fruit that is always in front of us. What is an improvement that you can make today? There's no reason to feel like you have to commit to an approach. I don't know if I should be low-carb or higher-carb. Well, what's an improvement you can make today? You don't have to commit to a quote-unquote diet type. That can be your approach. Just very simply, I am making daily improvements. I am identifying and acting on daily improvements. Or your approach could be as simple as the only thing I'm focusing on right now is only eating when I am hungry and not turning to food when I'm not hungry or when my body doesn't need it. That can be your approach. You don't need to have a plan that you subscribe to with all things money, politics. There's good info and there's bad info. There's a lot that is true. There's a lot that isn't true. There's a lot that's not well explained or well researched. But you don't need to get confused in that. What you need to do is pay attention to what is true for you. And one powerful question that I like to ask that I don't think enough people are asking is, what do all these different approaches have in common? And Almost without exception, what they have in common, whether we're talking about vegetarian, vegan, keto, paleo, primal, high carb, low carb, what they almost all have in common when talking about health, when talking about fat loss, when talking about energy is eat less sugar, eat less processed foods, don't eat trans fats, right? There isn't anybody saying, oh yeah, trans fats go to town or that processed foods are the path to your fittest and healthiest self. So there are a lot of people, and maybe you're one of them, that are out there continuing to eat processed foods and sugar and trans fats while complaining about the fact that there's so much conflicting information, why try? But right in front of you is the low-hanging fruit of, hey, look, dial back the processed foods, dial back the sugar, work to get trans fats out of your diet. Start there, right? Right? 
It's not about the perfect approach you won't follow or don't understand, but the imperfect one that's right in front of you that you can choose every single day. Is my personal way of eating perfect? No, and that's not my intention. I absolutely make room for a good spicy margarita or a piece of pizza or red velvet cupcakes. But my principles are I pay attention to what's happening with my body. I pay attention to how food makes me feel. I pay close attention to not eating when I'm not hungry, right? There are always improvements right in front of you. When it comes to nutrition nutrition research, which is where a lot of people get frustrated, this study is saying that coconut oil is bad, for example, but this one is saying that it's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, although nobody's saying sliced bread is a good thing. But anyway... You get the point. Nutrition research is some of the hardest research in the world to do well. And I'll tell you a few reasons why. First and foremost, a lot of nutrition research is done on animals, mice, rats. And I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, we're not mice. We're not rats. So we can't just take something that was true in a mouse and say, therefore, it's true in a human. And when we look at the interventions on mice and rats in in clinical studies, oftentimes, whatever is being tested, sugar, trans fat, animal proteins, they're using absurd amounts that would never be present in a human. Now, to a mice, to, to a mouse, like when we look at it, oh, it's only, you know, two teaspoons of sugar. But relative to the body weight of a of a rat or a mouse that is like a human you know consuming 15% of their body weight in sugar every single day like that wouldn't happen and so we can't say oh well geez now we're learning this that or the other thing the other thing that we often see in this animal study model is that they're giving things to these animals that they weren't intended, they don't have the cellular machinery to handle. So if we do a study with mice or with rats, giving them animal proteins, well, they they aren't meant to consume that, right? They don't have the cellular machinery to do that. And I'm thinking of one particular study with rabbits, um, rabbits given animal protein. Well, rabbits are herbivores, So they don't have the cellular machinery to process that. And so we can't say, well, humans do have that cellular machinery, but since rats had this issue or since uh, rabbits had this issue, humans must too. We just can't make that leap, even though much research does or the way people interpret that research, they make that leap. It's just not a fair comparison. The other big issue with nutrition research when we think about humans is that a lot of it is just observational study of cohorts or large groups of people. A group of people experience this result. But there are other factors, right? Genetic differences, environmental differences, other dietary differences, food quality or purity differences. We have to remember that correlation does not equal causation just because there is a relationship between this food or this way of eating and this population. Well, there are other factors there. Just because there is a causal relationship or some kind of connection doesn't mean that one thing caused the other. Because we could say that the temperature where they live 
caused that or anything else that has that causal relationship or that correlative relationship, it's not as black and white as much research might make us think it is. The other big factor is compliance. When we do human studies and we say, all right, you know, you're going to be on this dietary intervention, the majority of those studies are not done with inpatient populations. And so we're trusting the reporting. And we know that trusting food reporting in humans doesn't go well because people tend to under-report what they are eating and how much they are eating. And that absolutely influences the validity of the results that we're seeing. The science stuff, the research can get pretty complex. And we have to understand that we got to take these things with a grain of salt. I talk about very, very specific examples of flawed nutrition research, and I go into a lot of detail. So if you want to understand this more, please listen to episode 353 of the podcast. I go into specific studies on the coconut oil controversy that led to a lot of the headlines in the last few months about coconut oil not being healthy. I look at and break down the issues, the pros and cons, good research and and misleading research. So if you want to understand the challenges with nutrition research, definitely listen to episode 353, and I will link to that over in the show notes. We also have to keep in mind that for a really long time, All the info out there told us that the world was flat. So just because you read it doesn't make it true. But the great news is, like, that doesn't have to cause us frustration because the great news when it comes to nutrition is that your body is going to give you valuable feedback on what is real and true and best for you all the time via your body composition, if you're losing fat, not losing fat, gaining fat, your energy, your skin, your sleep, all of your compliance, all of these things are giving you the most valuable feedback. Your body doesn't lie. So we have to start paying attention not to the differences in opinions, but to our own bodies. What we will do, what we want to do, what makes us look and feel our best, what feels sustainable, what drives results. Like I said, I can read about dairy all day long and I can have an opinion one way or another, but my body is giving me valuable feedback every single day that yes, it does satisfy my hunger and I like the taste of it, but it makes me bloated. It makes me retain water and I have an inflammatory response to it. I have more joint pain when I am consuming dairy than when I'm not and it makes my face break out. I look and feel my best when I'm not eating dairy. That is the information that matters most to me. It's just not as straightforward as reading the information and trying to figure out what is right or wrong in general. There's more than one right. There's more than one wrong. What is right for you? And embrace that that might change over time. When we look at it in terms of another area, sometimes it can be easier like investing. You guys know that I find a lot of parallels between finance and health and fat loss. You might say investing in the stock market is the right approach for building wealth. But just because you feel that is right does not mean that the approach of investing in real estate 
is wrong. There's more than one right way. The key to remember is consistency, right? Because if you pull your money out of the stock market after two weeks and put it into real estate, and then you have one deal gone bad and you pull it out, you'd have lost money in both. But it's not because of the approach. It's because you weren't consistent, right? You weren't consistent. It feels good to say, I've tried everything and give yourself credit for that. Like, I really have tried everything and I believe you. But what have you stuck with? Maybe you've tried everything except consistency. Because like I said, you could put money into the stock market, panic when it starts to dip, pull out your money and you've lost some, take that smaller amount, put it into a real estate deal, your first one you lose money on, and you've convinced yourself that neither of those approaches have been successful. But if you had left your money in the stock market instead of pulling it out, it would have risen again and you'd have made money. Or if instead of taking your money out of that real estate investment after the first one didn't go so well, if you had learned from it and then adjusted your approach based on what you learned from your experience and then stayed consistent practicing over time, you could make a lot of money. And the same is true with nutrition. What happens is we try something, we struggle a little bit because it's new or because we haven't optimized it for our own bodies and for our own self. And then we say, oh, that didn't work next That is no different than having a different financial strategy every week. You would lose money if you had a different investment strategy every week and you jumped from plan to plan to plan to plan to plan. And that is what so many of us do with food and nutrition. Don't get hung up on knowing everything, but focus on identifying an an approach that is an improvement for you, that drives results for you, that makes you feel great, and then be consistent. You might have dabbled in everything except consistency. When you jump from approach to approach, you can't win. And it's not only because progress takes time, but also because you learn through your practice and then you get better as you go because your approach is well informed, right? There is a cost to switching every three days every three weeks. And there is a price to pay for inconsistency. I've been talking a lot about the power of questions. And one of the questions I've been asking myself is, where can I create more consistency? Where can I learn from what I am doing? What is the big principle that I want to practice in my approach to health and to food. When you identify the principle, like, I only eat when I'm hungry. I fuel my body with quality food. The methods become easier. Do not go straight to methods because they're easy to read about and lose sight of the principles. That is a mistake. Changing gears here, another question that I ask myself, um, and I get this question a lot on email, which is why I want to bring it up today, is what can I do to make this easier? What can I do to make improving my health easier? What can I do to make consistency easier? And one of the things for me is having 
things readily available. I don't do as well when I have to think about it a lot, like think about what I'm going to eat, when I'm going to make it, if I have what I need. One of the staples, there's actually a couple. I have two go-to staple meals. One is my cabbage salad bowl, which I talk about all the time, and my Fat Loss Fast Track clients, my Master's Club clients, it's kind of like an obsession that we all have. Basically, I take a big bowl of raw shredded cabbage, and then I add to it a couple of eggs, either um, over easy or hard boiled, just whatever is fastest, and a couple slices of bacon, and sometimes a half or a quarter of an avocado, and some walnuts. So I always have shredded cabbage, and bacon, and eggs, and Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime Mayo, too. Um, Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime Mayo. I don't like mayonnaise at all, but this is something that adds a ton of flavor, and I basically just dump all of that stuff in a bowl and mix it up. I use the OXO Salad Chopper, O-X-O Salad Chopper, um, and I mix that up. But always having those things on hand means that that's always an option that I can turn to. It doesn't require thought. I love it. It's delicious. It satisfies my hunger. Easy peasy. The other thing that I almost always have in my freezer, and before I had tried these, I would have been so skeptical because they didn't sound good to me, but now they're one of my favorites and I've never made them from for somebody that didn't like them, is salmon cakes. So in the 21 Day Sugar Detox Cookbook, there is a recipe for salmon cakes. Now, I love fresh salmon fillets, but I don't like using fresh salmon fillets to make salmon cakes. So I buy um, wild-caught canned salmon. It is important that it's wild caught because when it's farm raised, it can be full of toxins and omega-6s and omega-6s increase inflammation. So for me, I get, I don't want to like search through the grocery store. If you go to a regular grocery store, you're going to have a really hard time finding wild caught salmon in a lot of places. Or if you do find it, it's going to be quite pricey. I just go through Thrive Market uh, and they have a wild caught canned salmon. That is what I use for my salmon cakes for sure, for sure. Um, and I keep a few cans all the time. And then it takes me about 10 minutes to throw the canned salmon in a bowl with egg and coconut flour. Hard to find coconut flour at most traditional grocery stores. That's another thing that I get from Thrive Market. Um, so it's Dijon mustard, egg, um, a little bit of coconut flour, salt and pepper, um, maybe some green onions, and mix it up in the bowl. And then I don't cook them right away. I mean, unless I'm going to eat them right away, but I just form them into patties and pop them in the freezer. And they stay there forever until I'm ready to eat them. And I just throw them in a pan with a little bit of coconut oil. And that makes my life so much easier. I don't want to think about food all the time. I'm not somebody that does a lot of meal prep. I'm not somebody that does meal planning. But I do always want to have a couple easy staples that aren't just easy and fat loss friendly. The most important thing is that they're freaking delicious. And those are two things that I really, really love, especially with the salmon cakes over cauliflower rice or mashed cauliflower. So freaking good. I know I mentioned Thrive Market a couple of times, and the reason I do is obviously twofold. I haven't been shy about the fact that they are now a sponsor of the show. Some of you guys don't like that. And so I want to take a second to address that. How many sponsors do I have? One. That's it. Just Thrive Market. Every single product and company that has approached me to sponsor the show, I have said no to 
with the exception of Thrive Market, which means I could be like most other podcasts with, you know, we're brought to you by da 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 But the only way that I feel comfortable sharing another company product or service with you is if I absolutely love it and use it on a regular basis. That is why I said yes to Thrive Market. And that's the only reason. Because even if they were not sponsoring the show, I would be sharing with you that that's where I buy my staples. And the reason I buy my staples there is because they are dramatically less expensive. And that matters to me. One of my big objectives in 2018 is to spend less so that I can enjoy things that matter to me more. So I'm not going to go to Whole Foods for my canned salmon or for my Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime Mayo when I pay 30 to 50% more at Whole Foods. And I can save 30 to 50% even when you cost in or factor in the cost of the Thrive Market membership. I'm still saving. So I share it with you guys because it's making my life easier. It makes my health journey easier. That's why I do it. You know, the staples that I get from there not only help me help myself, always having the canned salmon on hand, the Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime Mayo, which I think you can use in just about anything, the Nuco Coconut Wraps. I know it can sometimes feel like it's more expensive to eat in alignment with your goals, but it doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be. If you're shopping at Whole Foods every day, it's definitely gonna be. And a lot of people don't have a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's or anything like that near them. So when there is a resource that allows people to not only access really great quality stuff that can help them reach their goals, but then save a substantial amount of money when they do it, hello, of course I want to share that with you guys. And if they want to sponsor the podcast, this is a business. So it's a win-win from my perspective. If you haven't given them a try, I will tell you exactly what was in my last order. My last order was two of the Evolution Co. salt rock lamps because they're cute. I like the way they look and they are air purifiers. They absorb moisture from the air and in that moisture is mold, pollen, dust, um, chemicals, different pollutants. And so they get absorbed. So in my new tiny house, I wanted those. I got them for like $13 and change each on Thrive. I love them. They're adorable. So I got two of those. I also got some laundry detergent because I wanted a clean, chemical-free laundry detergent. Uh, What else did I get? A jar of Primal Kitchen Chipotle Lime Mayo because it is dramatically less expensive on Thrive than it is on both Amazon and in Whole Foods. I got the Nuco Coconut Wraps, which I will use for like quesadilla kind of stuff. They're really, really tasty. Um, What else did I get? Oh, I got some Himalayan sea salt as well. And oh, uh, cashews, cashews. I got some cashews. So that was what was in my most recent order. If you want to give them a try, go through the link thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. And when you do that, you get a free 30-day trial membership so you can see if it's worth it to you. And there's stuff you want that adds value. It's not just food. They also have things like hand soap, shampoo, conditioner, pet food, um, laundry detergent, all of that kind of stuff. And salt rock lamps. Who knew? I was pretty excited about that. 
Um, you not only get a free 30-day membership on that first order, but you get 25% off that first order and free shipping. So definitely use that link, thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. And to get back to the crux of what we were talking about today, remember that there isn't just one right or one wrong, and that the truth really comes from your body and your results. And I encourage all of you to focus more on principles of how you want to eat, how you want to make choices, how you want to approach your body versus methods and tactics and strategies. And your body is never going to lie. It is going to give you direct, valuable feedback. If you want a more science-based episode on breaking down nutrition research and a lot of the flaws and inconsistencies, check out episode 353, where I talk about the coconut oil controversy, and I will also link to that in the show notes. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.